Miracy. I'm Susan Epstein, and you're listening to Making It. I run a business called Highly Profitable Practice, and we help coaches scale their businesses so that they can have highly profitable businesses. I knew when I was 16 that I wanted to be some kind of social worker. I didn't really know what that meant. So when I went to college, I took sociology courses thinking that's what social work was, but it actually wasn't. And ended up figuring that out after a while. And my first job was with an agency called Mass Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Children. And essentially what I did was I made home visits for four years all over a city area in Western Massachusetts in the U.S. You know, I think when you're 22 years old, you're fearless. And I was fearless, you know, had some really crazy experiences, but I don't know, there's something about being in your 20s and you're invincible, you know, you can just do anything. So I guess I had that on my side. I became a coach and then I became a parenting coach. And that's really when I started, my business started taking off because I had a niche and I had people that wanted to work with me. I had a lot of experience because of my background. I was able to do a lot of speaking and training all over the country and I was able to do a lot of different types of programming for parents. So um, as a clinical social worker, it's, you know, different countries have a different way of looking at social work. But in the U.S., you can be a social worker and be a psychotherapist. So I really quickly became a psychotherapist once I had moved back east, moved back to Connecticut. And psychotherapists mean I was a play therapist, I was a family therapist. So from switching from being a family therapist or working with women who were going through a divorce or any of that stuff, it was very transferable to coaching because I could do the same things. It just wasn't in person, right? It was on the phone back then. There was no video coaching yet. And so that transition took a while. I hired a business coach. He taught me how to write articles and taught me all about keywords. And I wrote a lot of articles, became an expert for a lot of different magazines like Parenting Magazine and New York Magazine and so forth and so on. The point that I realized that I made it was when I published my first book called Take Back Your Parenting Powers. And that was in 2008. And I remember I was teaching a full day parent workshop over at the college nearby here. And I had the books. I made this offer. Okay, everybody, like, if you want to come to the next workshop, come up and sign this paper. And I'm selling my book for whatever it was. And people started asking me to sign the book. And I was like, really? You want me to sign this book? And they're like, yeah, you're an author. And I'm like, I am. And they're like, yeah, you are. Like, I didn't get it. I just thought like I had done this thing and it was cool and everything, but it wasn't like, oh, here I am an author. So I think that was the make it moment that people wanted to be there. They wanted to learn from me. They wanted to read my book. They wanted to buy my book. They wanted me to write something in the book to them. I think that was my moment. Yeah. It's a huge accomplishment when you set out to write a book and you actually do it and finish it and get it back, you know, after 20 rewrites, and then it's done, and then you're picking the cover, and then it goes on Amazon, and people are buying it, and they're reviewing it. It's pretty exciting. But I think for me, bringing that book and giving a copy to my parents, 
when that book came out, my dad was still alive and I handed it to him and he was 95 years old. (laughs) And he just, I don't know if my dad had ever met anybody that wrote a book, you know, personally met anybody that wrote a book and his daughter had written a book. And just to see my parents and even my kids, you know, mom, we're so proud of you, mom. That's amazing what you've done with your life. Like just to be an inspiration for my children and my family is probably for me, the most important above all. So the person who's probably had the biggest impact on me inspirational wise is Oprah Winfrey. I think she's done so much for women and for people in general. And I use her as an example a lot too. And people say, well, why do I need a coach? And I'll say, well, do you know Oprah? She has a coach for everything. She has a coach for her body. She has a coach for her dogs. (laughs) She has a coach for speaking. She has a coach for her magazine. She has a coach for her show. The woman probably has 30 coaches on her team. She is the one that founded Martha Beck, the organizational coach. She's the spokesperson for different health coaching things. And she's had health coaches on that have helped her lose weight and gain weight and lose weight and gain weight. She's really struggled with that, but she doesn't give up because she keeps finding the next person. And I think it's important that there's no shame in asking for help. The only shame is in sitting in your own despair. People have stuff, you know, people have challenges, especially the past two years, people have been really sick. People have needed special treatment. They've needed kid gloves. They've needed pauses in their programs. They've needed refunds. They've needed all kinds of things. And as a business owner, if you're selling a service or a product, especially a coach, you have to be sensitive to what's real problems and how you can help people not give up on themselves when they're feeling like they're just hitting a wall. Going from psychotherapy to coaching, from life coaching to parent coaching, parent coaching to business coaching, the shifts were natural for me. They were opportunities that I saw and I went with them. And each time I did it, I hired a coach to help me. I didn't try to do this all by myself. I always have a coach in my life. I remember when I first started, you know, in my 20s, thinking, I will always be a therapist. I will always be sitting in this chair. I can do this until I'm 100 years old. I love it. I just love it. And something happened to me. I got really bored and I started rearranging the furniture. So I would say, notice that you're rearranging the furniture and you keep redecorating your office. It's a sign. You need to probably do something else because that's really just a symptom. But It's never too late to do something different. I'm Susan Epstein, and you've been listening to Making It. You can find me at highlyprofitablepractice.com. Highlyprofitablepractice.com. Making It is part of the Mira CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Course Lab and Once Upon a Business. This episode of Making It was assembled by Jeff Govertson. Cynthia Lamb produced the episode. Danny Bermond is our associate producer. Danny Eney is our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To catch the great episodes that are coming up on Making It, go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you. We'll see you next time.